Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. do love movies which is probably why we've done this series for like six years now but I really I love everything about them I love the spectacle of it all I love the the special effects and the soundtracks that go with them um you know all the action everything I even like the more like simple you know like even documentary style I mean I just love I love movies I love the the way it's presented and, and what I find in this is what, what it comes down to, it really, is what makes a movie, to me, a good movie, is a good story. And, and that's why we talk about, you know, the reason that a lot of, you know, what we, when you read the scriptures, when you open up a Bible, and, and if you have a red letter type Bible, you'll see the words of Jesus in red. And in those red letters, often, time and again, you'll see where he is telling a story, it wasn't like there really was a farmer standing there and Jesus started talking about the farmer. No, Jesus told a story about a farmer. And, and we get kind of riveted by this, these parables. And, and so when it comes down to, to this, this idea of what makes a good movie today, it's the good story. And there's this storyline that I think a lot of us, most of us, can't get enough of. And it's the storyline where there's a, a character who feels unloved who feels unworthy, who feels unnoticed, and, and their love interest seems unavailable to them. And, and not only is their heart throb spoken for, but they're spoken for by someone who is more beautiful and more powerful and maybe has more money than, than the main character. And so it goes with the 80s classic movie, 16 Candles. And I want to share with you a, a verse, a passage out of 1 Corinthians before we watch a little trailer uh, from the movie for those of you. Who, who has seen 16 Candles? Okay. I grew up on this movie, right? I'm, I'm an 80s girl, so I grew up on this movie. So I go back to look at clips to use for our, our church series, and I realize there's not a lot of clips I can use for our church series. <laughs> and if any of you are like, I haven't seen that yet, so I'm going to watch it before church Sunday, you're probably going, dear Lord, we need to pray for Shannon because... <laughs> But there is a story in here. There is a story in here that, that I think is good. So we do have a safe trailer to show you. But, but before we do that, I want to read a passage out of 1 Corinthians. And I want you to think about this passage as you watch the trailer and as, as we go on through the rest of the message. And here's what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Hear these words. Paul's writing and he says, Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. There's air quotes that he did. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. Now, now think about that verse while we watch this trailer. The story of a girl who's stuck with a guy who's driving her crazy. 
case. Or out of their truth. It only happens once in a lifetime. This has got to be a joke. And once is enough. This is getting good. Sixteen candles. <laughs> So you see, they hadn't invented HD technology in 1984. But in this movie, you've got our, our, main, our main character, played by Molly Ringwald, and the character she played is Samantha Baker. And Samantha is utterly forgotten. She wakes up on the morning of her 16th birthday expecting all the hoopla that would come right on a 16th birthday. And because her older sister's getting married, the family has completely forgotten her 16th birthday, which is kind of a big deal. They've forgotten her, her birthday. And not to mention she's got a crush on, ladies, Jake Ryan. Do we, any, any, any Jake Ryan fans out there besides me? Okay, yes, Jake Ryan. And so she's got a crush on Jake Ryan, and, and like her best friend says, walking down the hallway when she finally admits that she's got a crush on Jake Ryan, her best friend says, Jake Ryan? He doesn't even know you exist. So this is the world that Samantha's living in. So her parents have forgotten her. She's got a crush on a boy that doesn't know she exists, so she thinks. And then she's got the school goober who's running, who's chasing after her. And she, so I mean, Samantha's just not having a good uh, 16th birthday. And, and as, as the movie unfolds, what you see is that, um, oh, oh, and make matters worse, by the way, speaking of Jake, to make matters worse, not only does she think he doesn't even know she exists, but he's kind of spoken for by, by a girl who epitomizes all that entails like high school royalty, okay? Some of you know high school royalty. You were part of high school royalty. Some of you just know who was in high school royalty. But you know what I mean when I say high school royalty, right? She was, she's a prom queen. Um, she's really pretty. Um, she's rich. Um, she's got all these friends. So she's high school royalty, and S Samantha is like the exact opposite of this girl. So this is what she's dealing with. And so here I find myself, as I watch this movie, and I watched it, I'm, I know I've watched this movie more than, I know I've watched it more than a thousand times. <laughs> I know I have. I know I have. And so as I watch this movie, I find myself rooting for Samantha. Just hoping that, you know, I know I've seen this movie, but maybe it'll, you know, maybe this time Jake will notice her in the hallway, you know. I just find myself rooting. Maybe she'll wake up today and her family will remember that it's her birthday. But I, I'm rooting for Samantha, you know, hoping that she will, you know, come out from the shadows. And here's a question that I, I'm going to offer to you today. And I, and I posed it early in the week on social media or through our porch app. And it's this question. Why can't we get enough of a story that says that the unnoticed, the unlovely, unlovely, the unworthy triumph in love. Why can't we get enough of a story like that? And I think the answer is that we long for something different than what many of us have experienced. We understand Samantha Baker. We understand maybe feeling unnoticed. We understand feeling unlovely. We understand feeling unworthy. Maybe it's a very real thing for you. Maybe you can totally you, you totally understand what's going on with Samantha in, in the reality of, of school life, you know? Maybe you get this. But I think we all long for this because our world tells us that the most popular get you know, go the farthest, that the, the most noticed get whatever they want, and, and, every, and those the bottom feeders are just left for scraps, you know, whatever comes your way. And, and I think that we, 
I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think I long for this modern parable of 16 candles to be true because, and here's where it gets like about Jesus, is because I think this story is written on our hearts. I think the story that, the, the underlying question that gets asked in the story is, is, is why, why does a, an unnoticed, unlovely, unworthy person not get love? I think this question is, is written on our hearts. And here's the good news. See, I, I like being able to share good news. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is your story. You are Samantha Baker. You are kind of unnoticed. You are kind of forgotten. Um, you, you might not be the most worthy. You are Samantha Baker. Actually, no, let me, let me backtrack. Every one of us are these people. But the good news is, through Jesus Christ... He does some redeeming. He, he, he does some, some running after us. It's, it's the gospel story going on here. Think about it for a minute, okay? And I don't think this is too much of a stretch to ask of you, but really think about it for a minute. You are part of a cosmic romantic comedy with God. Okay, you can maybe throw some drama in there. You know, maybe there's a little documentary going on. You know, maybe there's some sci-fi for those of you that like sci-fi. But you are in this cosmic romantic comedy with God. You. Where he, you are the one, think about this for a minute, you are the one who is unworthy. You are the one that's, you know, I, let me just think about it this way. I, I would hope that most of us in here have already experienced this or we're in the middle of experiencing it right now where we, where we realize that day comes where we go, yes, there is a God. There is a God. Like, he, there is a God, and he created the universe. He created the world. He created that, that beautiful sunset, because most of us aren't up early enough to see the sunrise, but we heard it's pretty. You know, he created the mountains and the beaches. He created all these, oh, my goodness, that beautiful baby. There is a God. You know, we've all come to that place, I hope. But I don't know about you, but for me, there was a time period, even after going, wow, I had a time period I thought, why would he want to have anything to do with me? Because he is so great and so glorious. He is so worthy. He is so amazing. Why me? I'm unworthy. I don't deserve anything. And that's the reality. That is true. That's pretty much the Old Testament. And then, and this is where the story gets really good, because a way was made for us to be in this relationship, this romance with a God who is so very good, so very worthy, so very amazing. And that comes through Jesus. You know, we, we will celebrate the sacrament of, of communion together in just a, a few minutes. And what a beautiful reminder it is again and again and again to take that bread and to dip it in that cup and to be reminded what that represents. That represents the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ who made a way for us to be in relationship with a God who is so much bigger and so much greater than any of us deserve. And this is the story that I find in 16 Candles. Yes, it's actually true. I find this redemption story in here that the God who created us is big and beautiful and gloriously out of our league. And as unholy people, we are the least likely to be the love interest of a holy God. And yet we are. 
We are the least likely, and yet we are. And in a twist of gospel irony, which I think Hollywood writers are are jealous of, God's heart is turned towards us. He, He knows how far away we are and how unlovely we are and how unworthy we are. He knows. We can't hide that from him. He knows. And yet he still turns his heart towards us. And his acceptance and affection is lavished on us, the unworthy and the unrighteous. And I find this interesting. The gospel of Jesus it is a very accepting gospel, but it's also a rejecting gospel because the gospel of Jesus rejects anyone who comes and says, oh, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've been able to do. And see, this is the world that Samantha lives in. It's a world where all these people around her are saying, look at me, look what I've got, look what I have, look what my parents have, look, I make me the most popular, make me the most beautiful, and she's feeling unworthy and unloved and at the bottom. See, the gospel of Jesus says, no, that those things don't matter. I make you worthy. I make you lovely. And he does this all through Jesus Christ. God's love is based on the worthiness of Christ Jesus. And this is what Paul was writing about in that passage I read to you. This is why Paul was writing to a church in Corinth and he was saying, look, and the reason he had to address this letter to them was because there were some people who were saying, who are you to talk about Jesus? Who are you to talk about new life? You're not religious enough. You don't have the pedigree. You don't don't have anything. Who are you people to be talking about Jesus? And so Paul wrote to them in the church and he says, no, no, no. Jesus came to take nobodies and make them somebodies Jesus takes nobodies and he makes them somebodies and this is what he was addressing to them and so as recipients of of God's grace I love this kind of a story that I find here in this movie 16 candles not because it's entertaining because it really is but because it's 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 the counterintuitive message that you find in there, this counterintuitive message of the gospel that has rescued us and made us the object of God's love. I mean, think about this. We are, not someone else, not someone else sitting next to you. I want you to hear this, hear it as if I'm saying your name. You are the undeserved object of God's love. You are the undeserved object of God's love. There's nothing you've done that, that, um, earned his love. There's nothing that you have accomplished to date that makes God go, wow, you are amazing. I'm going to give you some love. No, no. We are each, every one of us, the object of this undeserved love. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. The foolish and the weak are, are, are clothed with wisdom and strength of God because of Jesus. And it's found here in this story. And like I said, there's a lot of clips in this movie that I really wanted to show, and I was watching them. I was like, oh, I can't show that one. And oh, this clip, this will be great. Oh, I can't show that one either. But I'm really thankful because the clip, I mean the clip that makes the movie is the one I'm about to show you. Now, before I show it to you, though, I want you to do this. And, and again, you might be thinking, well, you're really making a stretch there, Shannon. Well, you know, just limber up or something because here's what I want you to do. Because remember, Samantha, she's unworthy. She's unloved. She's unnoticed. She's forgotten. And listen, that's where a lot of us feel like we've been. And if you haven't felt like you've been there and you felt like, actually, no, I'm pretty good. 
Well, I just want to remind you why Paul wrote that letter. No, you're not somebody. You're a nobody. And only Jesus makes you a somebody. But as you watch this clip, you're going to see Samantha. And would you just put yourself in her place? Guys, <laughs> would you put yourself on the steps of this church in a bridesmaid's dress? Would you do that with me in your mind? I know that sounds creepy, but all of us, you know, it's easier for some than others. But would you just put yourself in this place of Samantha? And I want you to think about being undeserved and unloving and unlo- unloved and, and um, unnoticed and see how the rescue happens. Watch this with me. If you were here, would you put that in my purse? It already came true. Okay, so there was a little smoochy smoochy in there, I forgot to tell you. Honey, if Mallory ever gets in a red Porsche with a guy and we haven't met him yet, just, we're not doing this, okay? <laughs> we're doing a little background check. Okay. 
But guys, I watched that. Oh, you should have heard the girls on the front row right here, by the way. <laughs> but listen, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and he rescues us. When we feel unnoticed and unloved and unworthy, he shows up. And you know what? We're kind of like Sam when she's standing on the steps and he's like waves at her and she does the, who me? Like, I know that's how I kind of felt when I came into a relationship with God. Some of us are doing, who, me? But he rescues us. He comes after us. He runs after us. He desires to be in relationship with us. And it's a beautiful thing. And we don't deserve it. But oh, isn't that story written on each and every one of our hearts? We desire to be loved. We desire to know that there is, there is life and hope and promise And folks, that only comes through Jesus Christ. And so as we celebrate the sacrament of communion this morning, I would hope that that you would be reminded today that God was very far away and he is very, very holy. And the reason that you and I can call him Lord is because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his body being broken for you and me. And that where there was a sin penalty that happened and and it needed to be paid for, Jesus paid that price for you and for me. Our sins are forgiven, represented by this cup. Would you pray with me? And I'll ask those who are serving to come and stand alongside as we pray. Father, we thank you that today we have an opportunity to participate in this beautiful sacrament that you've given to us, you've given to the church God, I pray that we're reminded again of the the huge gap that, that, that you bridged through your son, Jesus Christ, that we are reminded of this, that we are reminded that we're called into this holy romance with you. None of us deserve it. None of us have earned it. It's because of your son, Jesus. And I thank you so much, God, that you have run after us. You have pursued us. You know us, and you love us. God, through this sacrament of communion, I pray that we are drawn closer to you again today. We are drawn into that relationship with you, that romantic relationship with you of great, great love. Lord, as we come and and we bring our gifts and our connection cards, Father, I pray your, your blessing on the gifts we bring as part of being a partner in ministry in the church. And with the connection cards, the ways in which we can pray for one another and um, grow in our faith together, Lord. We thank you for that. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.